Uh, hey, mommy, you want to hear a dirty joke? What? Huh? You want to hear a dirty joke? Uh, well, this is a PG podcast. Just say yes. Yes, I would like to hear a dirty joke, <laughs> I guess. Okay, a horse fell in a mud hole. You want to hear a clean one? <laughs> he took a bath. <laughs> I already know this joke. Shout out to my... Papa, who always gave me those kinds of jokes, and now I retain them and no one finds them funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he told that joke to you a lot because you always laughed at it. Yep. Anyway, welcome to Parent Busters, a fun uh, podcast where parents and kids can learn together. I'm Ella. I'm here with my mom, Jackie, and today we're talking about how clean is dirty. You must be crazy. Now, you want to explain, you want to help me explain what that means? Yeah. Uh, This podcast came about because (laughs) I have always said this thing to Ella, which probably my dad said to me who told Ella the same mud joke you just heard. Yep. But whenever she would fall down, um... (laughs) Or scrape her leg or whatever, eat from very young. Or get emotionally damaged. <laughs> yes. Every time. Are you saying I need to work, work on my empathy skills? <laughs> Just a little. No. <laughs> um. <laughs> so whenever she would fall down or scrape her leg, I would always just say, are you bleeding? And when she said no, I would say... Rub some dirt in it. Then just rub some dirt in it and go on. Like, yeah, and now I come to her and I'm like, oh, and she's like, yeah, rub some dirt in it. <laughs> yes. So look, it, it works for emotional wounds. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm not, I don't have emotional baggage at all. Wow. Hey, before we get to the Changing uh, subject. <laughs> before we get to um, this topic, which may seem a little muddy. But it's gonna become cleaner as we go on. <laughs> do you want to do? Do you want to do our two truths and a lie? Yes. Okay. Please hold for a very important message. Number one, you should have a dog lick your scrape to heal it. Ew, gross. Okay. Number two, ancient civilizations used honey to sterilize wounds. Huh. Wow. Number three, clay can kill bacteria. What? Are you crazy? Huh. Is it like a guy named Clay or like? <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's Clay. Come on over, Clay. Kill our bacteria. <laughs> oh, no. So that that is actually, so I didn't just say that to you. Rub some dirt in it. It's actually a common saying. Huh? But yeah. where did it come from? Do you have any ideas? I don't. Hey, way to research for this podcast. Wow. <laughs> Uh, according to the bio, I, however, researched for this podcast. I, I researched, but I researched other things. According to the Biodesign Institute, this saying goes all the way back to 3000 BC. Huh. Wow. Wow. Because there was documentation of some kind that listed clay, a.k.a. dirt, not clay, a.k.a. the guy, um, as a wound medication. And then they also said that clay had healing powers for diarrhea, dysentery, tapeworm. Oh yeah, they hookworm, would eat it. Wounds, 
and abscesses. Ew, gross. But now that I think about it, do you think it was just because that's all they had? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So I actually do have some info on this. Never mind. Ha. Um, <laughs> Way to research. Thank you. Uh, going on what you saying, you're saying about clays, researchers in Arizona are actually looking into making medicinal clays uh, being used commonly and kind of expanding upon... It said, like, around 19th century practice mm-hmm. of using clay as bandages, but the, like, using it for uh, internal illnesses goes way further back, like you said. Uh, and after testing many, many different types of clay, they found that some actually had properties to fight off antibiotic-resistant pathogens. Oh, wow. Mm. I knew that it that different clays could... Uh, kill a range of different bacteria. There was also a study published in it, it's called Blood Advances. Huh? Oh, <laughs> that uh, so, not something run by a vampire. It was a study. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> it's shocking. Most of the uh, subscriptions to Blood Advances have addresses go to address addresses in Transylvania. Oh, that's strange. Um. <laughs> digress anyway according to uh, the university of british columbia quoting blood advances said they found that the presence of soil in wounds helps activate a blood protein known as coagulation factor 12 sounds like something from a duck (laughs) it sounds like a a show coagulation factor 12 (laughs) 12 Once activated, the protein kicks off a rapid chain reaction that helps lead to the formation of a plug that, like, seals your wound and helps limit blood loss. Um, But I'm going to put a big butt warning out there. Don't try this There is a high risk of infection from using unsterilized clay or dirt. So don't try this at home. But one of the things that they're studying this for is like in regions where people are out away from medical care. Yeah, they're looking into actually being able to use sterilized dirt for extreme medical situations. Wow. Right. So um, they're they're also saying that if you're out, you know, where you can't get medical care, that you can, and this is your last resort, you know, trying to use dirt or clay yeah. to pack a wound can might save your life and you know you you'll have to weigh the risk of infection versus bleeding to death yeah what's even crazier is that they're not only looking into this to be using this on earth they're looking into this to maybe even use things similar to dirt found on the moon to be able to sterilize and use in extreme situations on excavations wow wow isn't that crazy yeah so see when I said rub some dirt in that, that was coming from my medical and science background that knew that it had beneficial properties. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, really? It didn't come from any of that. Not at all. I didn't think so. <laughs> uh, while we're on the topic of wounds and healing wounds, uh, do you want to talk about another thing that people say? Yes, that's what we're here to do. Oh, true. So let's go ahead and do that. Do <laughs> Wait, are you having a rough day? Because we're going to talk you're about up the wrong tree. <laughs> that was a possum pun. Huh? 
<laughs> so we're doing dog puns because we're going to talk about uh, the thing that people say about does uh, let your dog lick your wounds and it'll make it heal better. Huh? Faster. That's such a weird thing well, to me. <laughs> I remember hearing a lot that um, people believed that a dog's mouth is more quote unquote sterilized <laughs> than human mouths. And that they, people think that allowing, like if you get a cut on your leg, allowing your dog to lick that cut can, the sterilization from it can heal your wound faster. Okay. Let me just say though, people thinking that their mouth, like dogs' mouths are cleaner than like humans. Yeah, gross. Dogs lick their butts. (laughs) And yet. Okay. So interestingly enough. While dog saliva does actually have some small, helpful properties for cuts and small amounts of antibacterial things in it, your dog's tongue is dirty. They lick their butts and therefore could bring infection and unfamiliar bacteria to an open wound. So you probably shouldn't let them lick a wound or scrape because that can, it can lead to really serious infections. Yeah. Do you uh, care to guess? How many different types of bacteria dogs have in their mouth? Um, 300,056. Wow. No. <laughs> 600. Oh. Care to guess how many bacteria found in human mouths? Uh, 10. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 615 and counting. That's, oh. There's a Harvard study so far that that's what they have. Um, did you know that some of the bacteria that we have in our mouths dogs have in their mouths but uh some of the bacteria are not huh i mean wow that's amazing that was a great explanation do you know that some of the bacteria that we have in our mouths dogs don't have in their mouths and some of the bacteria that we have in our mouths dogs do have in their mouth that makes sense. I mean, we're both mammals, but it's different species like right. species of mammals. There's Actually, um, a word for it, zoonotic means, quote, an infectious disease that is transmitted between species from animals to human. Huh. But most of the bacteria in your dog's mouth is not zoonotic, so it doesn't transmit to humans. Well, that's good. That does not mean, by the way, necessarily that your dog's mouth is cleaner than your mouth. No. It just means that we have like a different set of bacteria or germs and that they aren't compatible dogs and humans are very different really i I don't know have you met leia our dog um okay she is a human she's as a dog uh, but still pretty different (laughs) do you know where the saying came from um so that or that whole thought of just let a dog lick your wound if i'm correct you're not if I'm correct, uh, from what I've heard, it started probably in ancient Egypt and then has since then kind of moved through into common folklore. I feel like we can just start every discussion when we say, where did it come from? We could just say ancient Greek or ancient Egypt. Ancient places. <laughs> yes, that's what I found, too, that they use dog saliva. So ancient civilizations like Greek and Egypt Egyptians use dog saliva in healing practices, and they also 
featured a lot of dogs in their religious healing rituals based on documentation. Huh. Also, I think it comes from, if you think about it, animals lick their wounds when they get hurt. Exactly. Animals lick their wounds, so it has to have some kind of healing properties. Yeah. Well, do you know why they lick their wounds? Why? Huh. It's the only way they can keep them clean. They can't go and put it underwater. They, that's the only way they can keep a lot of dirt, un, and unsanitized dirt, out of it and, and keep, keep it clean. Keeping dirt out of it lowers the risk of infection. Exactly. Hmm. And so why do dogs want to look like your wounds? Because sometimes they know. Yeah. They just know. For sure. Our dogs, when we've had a cut or a scratch, are very interested in it. Yes. I don't know. Why? How do they know? Well, it is their natural instinct to clean a wound. And, like, you're their housemates. So they want to take care of you. And they're like, dude, don't bleed all over the rug again. That's where I lay. Huh? Uh, a lot of things say, though, that after you clean a wound out, uh, they want to lick it less because it's already clean. They don't – it's not a dire situation. Yeah, it's not an gross. instinct for them to – Clean it out and make sure it's okay. Again, if it's already clean. Right. That's yeah. Right. Uh, did you know that, according to the American Kennel Club, licked wounds, so when a dog licks their wounds, as opposed to when they can't, like, for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, licked wounds heal twice as fast as unlicked wounds in dogs. Wow. Really? Yeah. But... Um, then they also have to put, like, the cones on them after surgeries to keep them from licking their wounds too much because that can make it worse yeah, and so, reopen well, so, the scabs. For sure. And sometimes it's to keep them from picking their suture, you know, their stitches up. Yeah. Uh, the American Kennel Club also says that there really are proteins in saliva that's called histatin. And there are other beneficial compounds that can actually help wounds. Yep. But so I guess the real question is, should we allow our dogs to lick the cuts or scrapes we have on our arms or no. whatever? No. It can make it so much worse. Yeah. There are some curative properties to dog saliva, but it can make it worse because... Another thing we don't think about is that there are some bacterias that are okay in some parts of our body, but not okay when they're introduced in other parts of the body. Yeah. For example, there are bacterias that are okay in our mouths, but if we introduce those bacteria into an open wound in another on another part of our body, like our leg, they can lead to some potential serious issues. Yeah. So if I were you, uh, I'd stay safe and... Uh, not let your dog lick your wounds. But we are going to talk about some myths and facts about, like, wounds and scrapes and scabs. And also, what is the best way to, like, clean out? Yeah. Scrape and scab? Okay. Before we do that, what do you call a dog's kisses? A pooch. Pooch. A pooch smooch. I was going to say pooches. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> so, scabs... In the simplest terms, the re and reason they form is as just like a natural band-aid made of dried blood and cells to protect you from kind of bleeding out. Ew, gross. Mm. So, <laughs> exactly, yes. <laughs> Very something. 
Did you know that going back to medieval times, it, since we're talking about kind of a li- different list of fun facts about scabs and wounds and uh, all the fun stuff. Yeah. All the yummy things. Wait, going, why yummy? Going back, I don't because I couldn't think of another adjective. I hate it. Going, <laughs> it's so bad. So bad. Going back to medieval times maggots were put in going all the way back to medieval times maggots were put in a wound stop to eat away the dead skin (laughs) and then they used honey as an antibacterial to prevent and a sterilization to prevent further infection oh oh that actually made me feel a little uneasy oh not yummy oh not yummy (laughs) Uh, not yummy at all According to a site called WoundSource.com, check it out. Ancient Egyptian, <laughs> ancient, ancient Egyptians applied a paste of honey, grease, and lint into an open wound to remove skin and pus and encourage wound healing. Oh. <laughs> All I could think of was lint is they just went to their dryer screen. <laughs> yes, like, the honey, dog hair. Honey, and like- bring the ancient honey and the lint from the dryer. Okay, I'm sure you've heard that you you should, like, pull a Band-Aid off quickly because it hurts less, right? Ouch. You've probably done it. Yes, I think I still try to get you to let me do that. To, you. <laughs> to cause me pain. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe. <laughs> oh, if the truth comes out. Um, even if it hurts slightly less... You should still pull a Band-Aid off slowly, because if not, you can run the risk of, if there if you have it over, like, a scab, you can run the risk of it getting pulled off and the cut reopening, and then it just takes longer to heal. Oh, ouch! Gross. You know what's another thing that we talk about and even use a lot when we get cut? What? Uh, rubbing alcohol and hydrogen peroxide. Yes. Because you always say to me that, oh, I, you need to go and put that on your cut that you got. After I tell you to rub some dirt in it. <laughs> First rub the dirt, then mix it in with hydrogen, <laughs> hydrogen peroxide. Couldn't say that. Um, Seems like a good method. <laughs> it's not, actually. <laughs> so if you're adding that to a cut an open cut it can actually harm the tissue and delay healing if you're adding what like hydrogen peroxide or rubbing alcohol huh it can actually delay the healing because it hurts the tissue wow so you should clean a minor wound with cool water and soap it's the best way to do it dirt (laughs) yes and medicinal clay (laughs) And old Egyptian dryer lint. <laughs> none like of this, a normal person. None of this is true. Why? <laughs> yeah. Um. Did you know some people say that you should put butter on a burn? Ouch. Y- yes. Because when I was growing up, that was a thing. Huh? I had never heard that before this. It's because you're not supposed to do it. No, you're not. Although people are like, yeah, you should put on. It's like, no. Yeah, you didn't know about it because I never did it or said it to you. But when I was growing up, that was a real live thing. That's (laughs) not a dead thing, a real live thing. (laughs) It's an odd thing. (sighs) That was a lot. That was. (laughs) Never mind. Okay. Okay, toast. Were we talking? (laughs) Butter. So. Huh? A lot of people probably think that it butter's usually cold. So if you put it on, on 
a burn, it'll help cool it down. Well, butter retains heat. And so it's just like spreading the heat to the butter. So you're just going to have buttery skin. Ew, <gasps> gross. And the butter myth could have come from when construction workers uh, have used like butter to get hot tar off of their skin, which does work. You so. must be crazy. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think back. Also, it seemed like I, I'll have to put this in our show notes over on parentbusters.com. Um, because I need to do a little more research on that old wives tale because I, it seems like I remember my grandma or someone telling me that yeah, it pulled the burn out, huh? like it made it less painful, but I don't, it's yeah. going to make it worse. Uh, yeah. So don't do that. You uh, shouldn't put anything like on the burn. You just need, you should probably run it under cold water. Like ice could make it worse if you put it on it. It can. Yes. Uh, can I go back to the Band-Aid topic Oh yes. for a minute? Um, Johnson & Johnson released the first commercial Band-Aid kits in... 1931. Nope. 1888. Whoa! So it was uh, not the Band-Aids like we know it. It was, a, it was a first aid kit. It had sterile gauze, Band-Aids, and dressings, and they were first sold to railroad workers. That was their only audience. And wow. then when people started to find out about them and realize how great it was to have those things packaged in one little kit, then it became ma- more mainstream late- years later. But huh. it was first made. Those first aid kits were first sold to uh, railroad workers. Wow. Why did they have dressings in it? Like, did they have, like, balsamic vinegar or ranch? <laughs> ranch. Uh what else what are their kind of maybe they had a lot of salads maybe on the rail way (laughs) (laughs) yeah dressings like bandages to dress a wound not dressings like ranch okay also in 1950 and you're gonna recognize this when i say it Uh oh little golden books published dr dan the bandage man (gasps) oh and it came with a little Band-Aid. It was a real Band-Aid, wasn't it? Yeah. Rem- and do you remember why you know that? We, we, we found one? one. Yes, we, yeah, have we have one. one. We have one of those 1950 little golden books. And if I remember, I'll take a picture of it and put it uh, on in our show notes on parentbusters.com. Yeah, that was a good find. Did, did it still have the Band-Aid in I it? I think so. It still had, so it had a little Band-Aid, but it was Dr. Dan the Bandage Man, came with a little Band-Aid, and Dr. Dan's first printing was 1.75 million copies. Whoa. It was the largest first printing of any golden book book to date. Wow. Oh my goodness. Wow. They really want to get their, the, the Band-Aids Bandages out there. Bandages out there. Yeah. Dang. What else do you have today for our uh, How Clean is Dirty? episode i think that's it (laughs) (laughs) you don't have any dirt puns or uh okay let's do our two truths and a lie you don't have to soil it (laughs) (laughs) okay number one you should have a dog lick your scrape to heal it that is the lie that's the lie Number two, ancient civilizations used honey to sterilize wounds. That's true. And also ancient dryer lint. 
An ancient dryer <laughs> lent from a dryer. <laughs> Historically and accurate. Definitely. <laughs> totally. Not Don't fact check that one for us. <laughs> it, it's true. Just it's on a podcast. It must be. Yeah. Uh, it's on the internet. Clay can kill bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's really helpful. <laughs> killing bacteria. He's a good friend. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Clay can kill a different different ranges. Clay, of... the object in dirt, can kill bacteria. different bacteria. And maybe Clay, your friend. I don't know. I don't know. He, maybe he's a doctor. <laughs> Let's put a bandage on this episode, shall we? <laughs> Let's just wrap it up. Bye. Bye. Have a good day, everyone. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. If you like what we're doing here, we'd love your five-star review to help us reach more families and also to let Ella know that her homeschool research isn't going to waste. Seriously, it takes forever. But hey, if you want to check out more of our stuff, we're going to have a new episode every Tuesday. And if you want to see some of the older episodes, they'll always be there. You'll just have to scroll down a little bit. Also, you might not know this, but we have a free Buster deduction sheet over on our website, parentbusters.com. And actually, it's an entire downloadable fun pack. And it's all free. And you can download it. And the on the Buster Deduction Sheet, you can follow along with every episode. Write down your facts. And there's a place to do two truths and a lie on it. And we also have a companion learning post called Learning After Listening. For every single podcast episode we do, you can uh, continue your learning over on parentbusters.com. Yeah, so just head over there and check it out. Okay, bye. Thanks. <laughs>